0: Welcome, guys, to the Self-Evident Podcast. I'm hello, Mike. hello, hello. Welcome to Vlad-Nir. Self-Evident Podcast. Yes. Vladimir, back with Boris. Welcome. We're drinking potatoes and vodka. Uh, <laughs> it's called Russian coffee.
1: Thank you, Whitmer. <laughs> Cheers. Oh my gosh, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about on this podcast. Guys, listen, if you have not yet subscribed to anything we have, you need to. We got our new email uh, system out. You can go on to theselfevidenttruth.com and subscribe to our monthly newsletter. Also, we have a lot of things as far as like uh, you know our website growing, which is uh, theselfevidenttruth.com. We also have our product and all that stuff, 1776truth.store. Uh, guys, we were just out at um what do you call it missouri yep we're in south carolina and guys you should hear some of the stories some of the testimonies that had happened out there it's pretty pretty stinking amazing and um if you guys don't mind i'm going to share a couple of them or just one of them actually for sure uh when i when i look at what god is doing as a mass and as a whole uh also guys please share this video tell us where you're from uh where where you guys what you know what what is it god's impacting you with uh, with our podcast, what do we need to talk about that you guys want to talk about? Because we listen to those things. That stuff is important to us. Right, Mike? That's what we want. We want you to to, to to fill in those gaps. We want you guys to to make sure we want to make sure that you're heard. Right. So there's just so much that we need to talk about. So let's talk about it. So when we are at the podcast, I actually have this uh, A gentleman had um, messaged me privately. And uh, I, I just want to read you if I can find it real quick. I was going to pull it up and I had it and I didn't. And I don't know why, but I didn't. Uh, and I think it's on self-evidence. So give me one second here. So what he was saying was he took a picture from the background. Um, I think this was the second or third time that I had spoken already. So it was I, I speak on Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays uh, about seven times. I think it's about in, in two and a half, two, two days and a couple hours. Um, and he had taken a picture from the background, and uh, it was it was wonderful because he caught something that uh, only only God could have put on his heart. And basically what he told me was, I can't believe I've been to seven of these. And he said, the way that you've impacted these kids, he said, the, the most forgotten people at these conventions, and they're, and they're conventions for at kids. At the homeschool Yeah, but they're, right? they're, they're conventions for kids. Yeah. He said, the most forgotten people at these conventions are the kids. And the reason is because they're after the parents because the parents have the money. Right. Yeah. But he said, you sat there and ministered to these kids and you you totally gave yourself to the kids. You didn't even care about, you know, the, I, mean, I do care about the parents, but these kids were coming up with questions and they, they had spiritual questions. And we were we were uh, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We were praying for uh, uh, chains to be broken in their lives. We were praying for religion to be broken in their lives, all these things. And God was miraculously moving. And And so one of the one of the neat things is I met a family that I had spoken into two years ago uh, that, and and why I'm saying all this is because God is just so faithful. And like, this keeps me going, you know what I mean? Like, like, geez, should we continue to keep doing this? Oh man, you know, a woman come up to me and she said, Hey, do you remember me? And I was like, yes, I think I, I remember praying for you. I told my wife, I prayed for uh, a woman a couple of years ago. And she said, uh, here's my daughter. Some of the things that you spoke into her not only have happened, but more has happened. And Thank so you. her daughter just broke and, uh, we were talking and praying and ministering and like for direction for her and just a lot of cool things that had happened. So this is what you guys are sowing into. Yeah. It's not just us doing podcasts and preaching the truth. You know what I mean? That's good. We need to continue to do that. But the impact that we're having on the kingdom and people's lives, I get to bring my church everywhere I go. Revive Church. I get yeah. to bring that everywhere I go, man. And so it's such a it's such a powerful. Uh, and you're going out here in, in next weekend, you know, yeah. uh, and traveling. And so we're just excited that we get to be a part of this, uh, and we get to see the kingdom impacted one step at a time. Uh, and so and it's pretty one cool. of the things that. Uh, we have to kind of remember is like you're 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 very gifted
0: as an evangelist right that's that's your line that's your your tank and obviously you've got other great gifts and callings on your life um and i'm very much a teacher so it our stuff shows through in what we do and so when we're out and and we're doing speaking events or we're doing the podcast that's what happens is the evangelist comes out or the teacher comes out and and that's just where we groove man that's and so it's it's awesome to be able to Use our gifts in a great way and, and maximize our gifts when we're out there and we're, we're speaking and we're doing lectures, you know, and so it's something that we really need your prayers for of, to continue that work because we're not just talking about the Constitution. We're not just talking about America and how it should be um, and, and the ways to fix these things. We're talking about the gospel, yeah, and exactly. especially today, man, the gospel is kind of important for today. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna discuss that stuff. We've got some news bits, but we really do want to get into Easter and talk about Easter. Talk some about the history. Talk about like the effect that Christ has had on the Western civilization. Absolutely, bar none. Center, Hands down. center, focal point of Western
1: civilization, and couldn't have happened without the resurrection that's exactly right. it i mean even down to the simple thing of a calendar bc and ad you know what i mean he, mm-hmm. ch- he changed everything the coming of christ or i'm sorry the resurrection of christ the death of christ that changed everything it changed yeah. the game for all of us you know what i mean and so there's a, so much impact now again go on to 1776 truth.store and we uh are excited to have you on guys comment where you're from please please share the video uh we just have so much to talk about yeah and i'm really excited man it's kind of i feel already kind of rusty <laughs> I'm like, I don't like this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't like this stuff. Even my microphone's like really weird right now. Uh, but so so let's get into the game here. Uh, Jesus, bunnies, and the Western society. When we talked about this, we were going to talk about something different, but I thought, you know, why don't we talk about the effect that Christianity had on our world, on, on our modern world here? Now, we're going to preface this in a lot of different ways. One, uh, has Christianity always been exemplified the best? No. no. Right. I mean, you look at the Roman Empire, and and I I mean, I get... I I think I can mentally understand if I was in my fleshy head why people did certain things like beheadings and hangings yeah. and like they're trying to get rid of the evil in the world, right? That we and the reason why I say I can see I don't I don't empathize I don't sympathize I can see why you look at movies today you know how do we eradicate evil we just destroy them like we did yeah. in World War Two we see evil we destroy it you know so these Christians had done that, right? <laughs> Brian Moriarty comment, I'm from Wuhan, China. Great show. <laughs> 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 uh, so, so Everybody wear your mask yeah, while you're wear your mask, the podcast. Please. You got a
0: Wuhan guy on. Yeah.
1: Here. It, yeah. Columbia, South Carolina is on. Amen. Th- thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, so, th- you know, there, there's been a lot of conquests. There's been a lot of things done in the name of Jesus. We understand uh, Jesus hasn't always been best exemplified to me. Uh, the Holy Spirit can transform a Paul. Yeah. God didn't or Christ didn't need to kill him to show his glory to stop evil. Do you know what I mean? And, and, he, and you look at Paul and, and he was a guy
0: who got turned around and, and, and turned all of that energy and enthusiasm and passion for Christ. And that's something that that I think is really interesting when you look at Paul, because you look at a guy who he, he was considered murderous against Christians. Why? Because he was zealous for God. He just didn't realize he was going about it the wrong way. And
1: so Christ right. changes his heart. And all of a sudden he's zealous in the right direction. He, totally, totally. Now, there are certain instances where we did need to fight. When you're yeah. attacked as a Christian, much like our founders, uh, being being founded as a as a as a godly nation or godly people, they're trying to ruin uh or, or take away my freedom to worship. I get it. You're attacked. You have to defend yourself, so you go and uh take the land, if yeah. you will. You know what I mean? That's conquest. It happens in any civilization. This is why the the slavery issue is so Dumb to me because that happened everywhere. I mean, every conquest yeah. happened. Nobody blames the Islam, the nation of Islam, for 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 what happened with uh you yeah, know Muhammad, and yeah. you know nobody blames China for in and, and the, the the Asian countries for Genghis Khan. You know what I mean? It's like there was just so much conquest happening at the time. That's what happens. That's that's and, and uh, yeah, and you're right, Paul. Many Christians are impatient for God to act, so they resort to force. I see that that's happened in the past. We understand that, right? God, we see it now, where Christians want uh, the federal government to create law to stop people to sin. You cannot do that. You cannot force people to stop sinning. Yeah. Matter of fact, John Adams said that. He said, "We have no government uh, capable with contending with men's passions unbridled by religion and morality." He said that. Then he said, "Our Constitution was made only for a moral and re- religious people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other." Here's here's what he's saying. I don't have. There's no government in this country or the world that's strong enough to stop men from sin.
0: And it was what was it, Franklin, who said? You know, if you're not going to listen to God's 10 laws.
1: Oh, TK Chesterton. Chesterton. That's who he said, was, he yeah. said, if you will not listen to God's 10 commandments, you'll eventually submit to man's 10,000. You want to know how I know that? So we don't listen to God's law. We don't really like in this society. And I'm not saying we. I think this is media stuff, OK, that they're pushing that we're all about uh transgenderism, all this other stuff that we uh there, our country's changing, you know, all these things. And, you know, we need to start being more progressive. The world is for it. It's the media. And, and I'll tell you why, because there's so many Christians that don't like it. There's more to, to me. There was a recent study done that there's now more people serving other religions than Christianity. Yeah. There was a new poll that came out, yeah. Guys, I'm just going to tell you, do you, know, do you know how much of that a lie that is to me? They polled 6,000 people. <laughs> you can't get an accurate view of 330 million people polling 6,000. I, I don't care what you tell me. I don't care. It's, it's a temperature gauge. No, it's not. You're not polling the people. You don't understand how to do this. And what they do is they say, New poll fi- finds this. So then they say, well, the majority's the majority is not Christian anymore. So what does that tell the average Christian who doesn't do his homework? Which is their fault, by the way. Yeah. Right? What does that tell them? That we're losing and we're not. I know we're not, because I know more people are awake right now. I'm not saying we're woke, we're awake. Big difference. Right? This what they've done to Christianity today and trying to minimize it. I was on uh the the natural the the human rights website talking about the gospel and how the, the, the scriptures have been uh, misconstrued to, to think that homosexuality is a sin, and it's not. And Here's why we know that.
0: You oh, are... can I go on that one? Go right? ahead. Go no, for no, it. No, no, no. Not right now, but we, we should pull that up at some point so I can kind of tear that apart because I'm yeah. sick of people saying yeah, that Yeah, and
1: you know what? Here's what's happening. They're doing exactly what the book of Revelation said not to do. To those that take away words from this book, dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what they're doing now is, is, is in the world, they're trying to interpret the scriptures of God. The scriptures that are divinely inspired by God. And because, and, and I'm not capping on, you guys know, if you've watched the show long enough, you know I don't cap on the church. That's not my job. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to keep pointing the candle. But because we are illiterate in a lot of ways, we don't know how to defend that. Yeah. So that's that's why we're seeing, we need to talk about this, how Christ had an influence on this world, on the Western world, how it changed everything.
0: Yeah. And we're
1: going to give you guys a lot
0: of information because... There's, there's a lot of historical fact to this whole thing, and, and we can show just a small little microcosm of the effect that Christ had on Western civilization, specifically America. But you can't deny that Western civilization, since Christ's resurrection, has really been shaped and formed by Christ. Um, before we do that, though, let's get into some news bits. Let's do it. News do bits. It. News, news bits. News bits. bits. So, Sixth Circuit reaches the correct the correct conclusion on preferred pronouns. So remember, we had talked a couple of weeks ago about Canada, which, of course, there was a copyright claim because we used some video for commentary, but, you know, <laughs> go figure. But in Canada, that stuff is happening where people are getting jailed because they're using the wrong pronoun for their own daughter, son, not sure which one it's at, right? But the U.S. Court of Appeals... For the Sixth Circuit ruled that a philosophy professor could not be forced to use a transgender student's preferred pronouns. Okay? His suit against the university for violation of his First and Fourteenth Amendment rights could proceed. Now, I want to cover one part of this before anything else. You do not give up your constitutional rights because you're working at a school. This is something that has been so misconstrued. And when we talk about separation of church and state, which always gets brought up in the context of a school, you do not give up your
1: constitutional rights when you're working for a school. Can we just to in the context of a school, they're saying separation of church and state. Think about that for a minute. Just look at the First Amendment has nothing to do with you working for a government school. And why do they call them government schools? Weren't schools supposed to be made for us to be? You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you are taking your kids to a government school, uh, beware. <laughs> but, I'm sorry. It's the truth. Let alone it It says that no law shall be established. That's exactly right. right? Uh, what is it? Congress shall make no law. There, That's it. Plain and simple. That That is the end of the line. Congress shall make no law. That's it. You want to know the separation of church and state? That's it. Shut up, state. you yeah. are the church. Yeah. That's it. You can't touch it. You can't touch my freedom to worship. You can't touch my freedom to express my, my religion. That is exactly what it's saying. Same thing with the Second Amendment. All these things. Congress shall make no law. If religion wasn't important to the founders, folks, this is why we're talking about Christianity in Western society. Why was it the first thing they wrote to be protected in the Bill of Rights? Precisely. If religion was not important, why, why, did, they, why did they consider that one so far up the list that they would put it first? Think about it. Yep. And that's, that's why... Christians need to
0: be more uh, proactive in fighting these cases Um, because what ends up happening is atheist groups or activist groups threaten a school and a school decides, well, we don't really want to bother fighting this. So, hey, we'll just put the kibosh on what's going on while they're trampling on a person's First Amendment rights, right? You don't drop your faith or your conviction when you walk through that door because guess what? The atheist does not drop his convictions when he walks through the door. That's exactly right. He's more than welcome to espouse Darwinism, to espouse Freud, to espouse Nietzsche or, or Voltaire. Yeah. Whoever he wants, he can espouse, but the Christian all of a sudden is not allowed to. That's a problem there. Yeah. You don't have to drop who you are at the door of the school just because you work for the school. Anyways, this. so Professor Merriweather responded to a student's question by saying, yes, sir. That's all. So the student comes after class and says, "Look, I'm transgender. I'm. You better use the pronoun that I want you to." Student. When when Merriweather said, "No, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't feel right doing that." The student became belligerent and promised to get Merriweather fired. Isn't it funny that now all of a sudden students have such power that they can hold something over a professor's head, like that?
1: Isn't it funny that for the last. 30 years or so in education, we've been talking about how you feel. Yeah. How you feel, how you feel, how you feel. So now how you feel is what's truth. If you feel it, it's true. Right? Yeah. Is, is that's what's so dangerous, even in Christianity. I don't feel the presence of God. Therefore, God is not real. No, 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 no. God has promises. You can't feel. And 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 I know I'm getting preachy. I get it. I understand it. But hear me out here. People say this to me all the time. I don't feel that sometimes. I don't feel That he did something in me it doesn't matter what you feel faith is the substance of things for hope for the evidence of things not seen in other words his promises are yes and amen when he says he saved you i don't care what you're feeling if you've committed your life and you said lord i'm gonna walk i'm gonna follow you i repent of my sins you are saved by the blood of jesus christ some of us have experiences i've had them before but guys i'm not the guy that gets knocked down in prayer and i'm not the guy that jumps up and does all the weird stuff yes, right i know friends that do praise god that's how they get the experience but not me i just trust and i know that he's with me do you know why because of the favor he's shown in my life and the things and the doors he's open there's nothing i can do in my life that'll change that but the problem with having feelings is this we start telling parents well if your kid's three and he wants to change himself sexually because well, he feels because he feels that way do you understand how dangerous feelings are dude Pol pot felt like he should kill people and it was legal yeah and
0: and that's something that i've i've had discussions with a lot of people about is your feelings and, and especially your emotions all they are is a signal that's what it is is it's a signal now a signal can either be accurate or inaccurate depending on what's going on right so your your environment your past your scars all of that stuff will will gauge your emotions or your feelings, right? If I have a feeling that I've been slighted because somebody tells me no, or I have a feeling that they hate me because somebody tells me no, that doesn't mean that my feelings are necessarily accurate. Because my son feels like not going to bed doesn't mean that it's accurate that he shouldn't go to bed. The truth is, no, you need to go to bed to get rest. I know better than you do because I'm older than you. I have more experience. I have more wisdom. I can look at you and say, look, you don't understand this, but you need to go to bed. And so when we decide that these students, well, it doesn't matter what the facts are on this, you know, Ben Shapiro's old thing of, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. But if we look at the students and we say, we care more about your feelings than the greater truth of this situation. Yeah. Now this, this student may feel like the opposite sex. That's that own student's situation. And there's respect that's needed for that situation. But all of a sudden that student is coming to a professor and saying, well, because I feel this way, you now have to determine conduct by how I feel. Exactly. hundred percent. Which that's controlling somebody else.
1: You're exactly playing with somebody else. So they say, I'm not hurting anybody. Yes, you are. You're manipulating, controlling other people to your feeling and narrative. And dude, this, this is, it's a demonic, it's a demonic thing. It's a spirit. It's, it's because you can't defend yourself. Then you start to get angry. I had it happen yesterday. I commented on some posts, which I never do is on ABC, something about vaccine passports or something. Yeah. And, um, I told them, you know, about government, how you're blaming the people, but it's government that got involved. Yeah. Right. And I just listed like seven things quickly. And the first response I got was this bless your heart, not, <laughs> Hey, let me defend my point. It was a shot. Yeah, that's what happens when they can't defend themselves anymore. That's when education has become so corrupt, so poor that people now resort to feelings. And it's it's it literally is a spirit. It, it's uh, what do they call it? My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge, mm-hmm. right? People become sissies because they don't know the truth. They don't know how to stand. Men don't know how to stand anymore. They don't know how to stand on their own two feet. They don't know how to stand on the word of God. They don't know how to stand on their own morality anymore. Right. And we've created this as a society. We've allowed our children to be taught in these schools, uh, Marxism, you know, all these yeah. other things. And we're, you talked about it last week. Praise God. That was a good show, bro. Thank you. bro. But when when you when, when you see the destruction and the breakdown of the family, you see the destruction and the breakdown of the school system and how we now teach kids to feel rather than have principle. It destroys itself.
0: Yeah, because when you don't have principle, you end up sliding around anywhere that your feelings and emotions take you. That's a that's a big problem because all of a sudden the goalposts moved depending on how you're feeling. Tell me, I guarantee everybody listening and watching this has had a day where in the morning they were feeling great, they were happy, they were good, emotions were rolling, and then one thing happened and all of a sudden all that changed. And that thing might have not even changed your life. <laughs> it's just you you your yeah. coffee was the wrong order.
1: Yeah, you could be happier than uh, you know whatever, but all of a sudden you get a flat tire. Yeah.
0: Doesn't change your life. It's an issue,
1: right? It, uh, yeah. It, I mean, anyways, anyways. I mean, yeah. we get it. You know, this is, again, it's a demonic influence. You don't have Christ in you. Guess what's going to take that and occupy that space. Yeah. It's not the world. It's the devil. Yeah, seriously. And so this guy, this professor goes back and
0: forth with the, the university and he had taught courses on Christianity thought for decades and the department chair claimed Christians are primarily motivated out of fear and should be banned from teaching courses regarding religion. In her view, even the presence of religion in higher education is counterproductive. This is what that guy's coming up against. And so in the court opinion, okay, he, he brought it to court. The opinion state traditionally, American universities have been beacons of intellectual diversity and academic freedom. They have prided themselves on being forums where controversial ideas are discussed and debated, and they have tried not to stifle debate by picking sides. But Shawnee State chose a different route it punished a professor for his speech on a hotly contested issue, and it did so despite the constitutional protections afforded by the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. The district court dismissed the professor's free speech and free exercise claims. We see things differently and reverse.
1: Good. Finally, (laughs) some sanity, right? Some sanity in this world. And the fact that the court even heard this bothers me. The fact that they even heard it. It's like, dude, I can offend. That's my it's great. I can offend people. They can offend me. Guys, the world offends me every day. Geez, you watch a show. It offends me every day. The world, the the Hollywood, all these things offend me. The news stations offend me. Right. Our current election system offends me. The fact that we want voter uh, vaccine passports, but we don't want voter I.D. bothers me. That offends me all the time, but I'm not crying about it. We go out and do something about it. Right. This is the problem when you don't teach men how to fight, when you don't teach women how to stand on their own. This is the problem, mm-hmm. right? We'll go tell someone else they're literally brats. Do you know how I know that? I'm gonna go tell mom. That's exactly what they're doing. I'm gonna go to the court. I'm gonna get you fired. That's what they do sit and cry and cry. And listen, this sounds harsh. It's not an indictment. I'm not bringing a judgment against them. I'm not saying they can't change, but that is literally what's happening. We have literally raised immature kids yeah. and they throw tantrums. And this is exact. and it's not just kids now, it's adults too. It's adults. They're becoming adults. And it's it's a really scary situation, especially dude, if you seriously you're in business. World. They are like five year olds saying, I'm gonna go tell mom on you, dude. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Number
0: two. So we actually switched one out. We're gonna take we're gonna do something different here. Um, because this popped up this morning and I I we have to cover this on Easter. Um Ralph Warnock. So he just won in Georgia. He was one of the guys who won in Georgia, a reverend. This is what he tweeted out. Normally, we don't deal in the world of tweeting because it it, it tends to feel like gossip rag. And, and so we try to <laughs> we tend to pick issues. Um, but this one was just too good to pass up. Yep. So Warnock wrote, The meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. This is the same guy who tweeted that Jesus was a poor Palestinian prophet. He's a reverend, you're, right? You're, yeah, he's a reverend. You want, a reverend. want me to read that again? or, or... Go for it. Read the it meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Whether you are Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves.
1: Hmm. That sounds completely antithetical. Again, putting works back on yourself. Um, the fruit of the Spirit... Is legit just that the fruit of the spirit,
0: which means you have to have exactly
1: the spirit. Um, when 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 you read scripture like uh, we are strengthened according to the power of His might, yeah. That we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, anything that I do works wise. Anything like that, it's not me doing good works for people. It's the spirit of God leading me to do those good works. The reason why it's the spirit of God, because when he leads me to do good things, uh, you know, yeah, we can do nice things. Like we can pay for people's coffee and, you know, go out and help the poor and all these other things. But when he leads me to do his works, it's supernatural. There's something that happens in this whole thing. That's like, Oh my gosh, there's, there's no way that I'm going to get the glory out of this. God opened that door. God helped do this. God helped save all those people. God, you know, redeemed this person through this. God delivered this person from this demonic spirit, whatever it is. Right. So, um, what he's saying here is heresy. You know, it's just straight it's heresy, straight up. And 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 thank God we don't have pitchforks. And you know that I don't. I don't. You know because that's what it was done in the past, right? We don't need yeah. to do that. What we need to do is stand up against the error and and not stand up necessarily against him because these people they're just people, right? It's the people that he influences. It's like okay, now we need to go reach those people. Yeah. Say we need to come in and do that, right? So that's why we do this. Government is just made up of people. Their money, their power, their situation, their status will all come to an end one day. That's what's so crazy is man thinks he's got one up on God, dude. I don't care what you store. You're storing up against yourself in the day of wrath. Mm-hmm. You are. You totally are. You know what I mean? And
0: I, I can't help but I get. What's the word I want to say? I get scared for people or or very heavy when I think about people who just have no clue what they're storing up for. Between them and God, you know, this this mocking, mocking spirit, uh, you know, bringing up the little Nas X stuff and all of that. Like, it's more of a sadness for him. It's like it is you dude, you when you you stand before the Lord,
1: is this what you want to
0: be remembered
1: for? When the Bible says that the spirit of darkness has blinded their eyes, like they're they're not of the children of light, like this Nas X guy that did the whole Nike thing. Right. It, it should make you feel, not anger, it should make you feel like, oh my gosh, his soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like his soul is not aligned with God. You know what I mean? That he's following this. And the reason why is because they don't realize, Isaiah 14, that Satan was literally cast down. Yeah. They don't realize that he's a defeated foe, that he's not he's not going to reign with us, you know, who are Christian. That you're serving a defeated one. And, and, and that should scare anybody that shows ignorance, you know, that shows deception really. And it goes, it goes even farther than, than that of, I think a lot of people
0: don't realize that they don't have a third option. And I think oh. a lot of people, they, they almost, they're, they're blinded by the enemy. That's a great right? point, But, dude. but they tend to, confuse themselves of like oh i'm not really serving satan i you know i'm not with satan but i i man i'm not gonna do that whole god right. obedience thing i can just go my third way
1: well jesus yeah. jesus actually said it if you're not for me you are against me mm-hmm. you know if you're not for me you're against me so if you're not serving christ you are serving the world which the world belongs to him yeah right in its worldly systems there's a, there's a quote that i had that uh written down uh in the fourth century i was telling you about it earlier yeah. during constantine's reign i got to read it to you guys and it says this, under, the, under Constantine in the fourth century, this was the, the modern, this was the, the common thread, the common theme. Uh, the church became a little worldly, and the world became a little churchy. And that's what we're seeing in America. Yeah. The church became a little worldly, and the world became a little churchy.
0: And you're noticing that, to go back to Warnock's tweet, this idea that, well, the resurrection was good, but what's more important is your works. Well, now all of a sudden, all of it is weighing on you, on your salvation. Are you good enough to get into heaven? Which, how many people do we hear say, well, I'm good? Guarantee Lil Nas X, just to continue
1: that comparison, Lil Nas X thinks he's a good guy. Which, think about this, dude. Nike is suing him now. This is a little little shift here, but just hear me out. Nike's suing him. Why? Why do they care? Do you realize the backlash they got? Uh Uh-huh. Bad from the publicity, Christian. oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. If it was good for them, they'd have been like, eh, "Whatever, do your thing." Because yep. Nike did not make those; it was a private company that had yep. made those shoes, right? So he's out there, and they sued him for copyright infringement. Yeah, and and you know what's funny is out of this, this is so crazy. The confusion. Not little Nas X is a part of this cancel culture. You know, we got to stop people from speaking. He basically tweeted out just recently. He's like, "People are start, trying to stop my freedom of speech. You watch, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this thing." You see what I'm saying? In their confusion, they stand up for yeah. the right thing eventually yeah. because it's attacking them. <laughs> uh, a transgender person is now trying to sue the uh, the TSA in airports because right. for, you, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, a yeah, woman yeah. went through the – oh, sorry. A male who acts like a woman –
0: Transgender Yeah, woman. went
1: through the woman scanner. They found a bulge between her legs, his legs – gosh, this is weird <laughs> – his legs, and it flagged it. And they're like, yeah, she." she he says, I'm a woman. The person says, Do you want to go through the mail scale? She says, he says no, but they do. And then her upper chest flags, his upper chest flag. This is so weird. Uh, and now they're suing these are the people that wanted control. Yeah. They wanted more government control. And now it's turning against them because now it's attacking them. Do you see what I'm saying? That if you let them talk long enough, they hang themselves in their own nooses. Yeah. It's it's not, and that's a figurative thing before you go nuts. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a figurative, it's a figure of speech, okay? That they 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 fall into their own pit. Eventually, it's going to attack you. The things that you want against other people, the force that you're trying to use against other people, will eventually involve you. That's why government is so crazy. Uh, I love government. I think the Bible talks about government. The problem is when we elect bad men to administer the laws. The way Noah Webster said, we have a despotic government. Yeah,
0: and that's what's been happening. And and the truth finds you out. So let's let's wrap that back into Warnock because I think that's that's a really good way to wrap back to him is he his truth. Or, or what he stated will end up finding him out because what he's just stated is, yeah, the resurrection of Christ is good, but your works are better. Which means his, what he's saying is, I'm going to be weighed by my own works. And so now the standard for him becomes, no, you're not weighed by Christ. You're weighed by your works. So now, now when you're standing before the Lord, the Lord's going to say, well, you thought your works would save you. Let me show you how your works absolutely do right. not save you.
1: Right. And the funny thing is, the Bible says, Well done, thou good this is the parable. It's part of the parable. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. So whose works are you doing? Your masters or yourselves? Yeah. Who are you servant to? Romans 6, right? Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Don't you know that what you yield yourself to, you're a servant of? And if you could do it in your own works, guys, man, got us into this mess. Yeah, man, I cannot get us out of this. their own works, and so we we brought this up because
0: what a great thing to post on Easter. Uh, the resurrection was good, but you better be doing good works. That's more important, right? And so let's get into Easter. Uh, we're we're gonna skip our third news bit because man, we've been we've been blasting through time. Um, guys, I'm sorry
1: too. Once once we get <laughs> once on, once we roll, get rolling, yeah. And it's usually me. He can stay on topic. I can't. So if you guys like him, give him a thumbs up because he does it better than me. I'm just the the, the heavy bag with eyeballs here. If, like I'm the guy blowing wind. If you he like, he really sticks to the script.
0: If you like the message that Massa gives, give a share. No. See, see how
1: okay, you're so. good for me, dude. You're really good for me. With,
0: that's one thing that we love about working with each other is we really balance each other out. He pushes me forward, and I help kind of
1: rein yes. him in. <laughs> So. truth <laughs> it's, all a right. good, it's a good balance it you know. is all oh right. a lot of people are giving you a thumbs up <laughs> there's a how, ton of them how dude. many shares are we getting though i don't give know shares no, give shares yet. <laughs> nothing yet nobody cares <laughs> shut up mass all right.
0: all right so let's let's start with a quote about easter from charles carroll who he was one of the signers of the declaration of independence he said the approaching festival of easter and the merits and mercies of our redeemer Coposia ascendum redemptio, with the Lord there is plentiful redemption. Have led me into this chain of meditation and reasoning, and have inspired me with the hope of finding mercy before mm. my Judge, and of being happy in the life to come. A happiness I wish you to participate with me by infusing into your heart a similar hope. This was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Yes, dude. You want to read Rush?
1: Yeah, Benjamin Rush said this. Uh, he said he forgave the crime of murder on his cross. And after his resurrection, he commanded his disciples to preach the gospel of forgiveness first to Jerusalem, where he well knew his murder still resided. These striking facts are recorded for our Im- Im- uh, imitation and seem intended to show that the Son of God died, not only to reconcile God to man, but to reconcile men to each other. That, that's the effect. When we reconcile ourselves to God is what yeah. he's saying. We do reconcile ourselves to man. We do do the yeah. works that God is, And we glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Those works glorify him. That's the problem with that Warwick, what's his name, yeah. Tweet? Warnock. Warnock. That's the problem, is that when we do it God's way, it does glorify him in the end. Go for
0: it. Yeah, and, and that's one of those things that I, I'm glad you point that out, because that's something that I don't think Christians really uh, personalize well enough. No, you're right, 100%. Because, because when you're doing the works of the Lord, and and you are led by the Spirit of the Lord, you have clean conscience. Totally. And the beautiful part of that is even when man disagrees with you or man comes against you, you still hold clean conscience because, well, I'm doing what the Lord has told me to do. Now, it's not always easy, but there is that, that clear conscience of I'm doing what's right, and I'm doing what I know the Lord has asked me to do. When you only do works and are self-invested, you can get by by moving past other people when they they come against you but it, it there's more friction in all of that and a lot of times it it'll, it'll start to steer you or twist you and a lot of people become bitter because the world's against them exactly and and they're they're not being led by the greater purpose of the lord and so i think that's something interesting that you can die as a martyr with a clear conscience with the lord and that that's a beautiful thing because i don't really i don't think christians put enough significance into they that. They know. You know? No, don't.
1: And you, and you nailed it, dude. Go for it.
0: So let's let's get into the history of Easter just a little bit. So it was determined as a holiday and was first named in 325 AD uh, by the Council of Nicaea. Uh, this was assembled by Constantine, the Roman emperor. Council composed, there was about 300 bishops and they met to talk about all the theological issues. Um, this was really where the issue of the Trinity was formed. Was determined foundational it was it was determined okay this is concrete and this is the path we're going um constantine hoped the council could help unify his subjects right so this is something that becomes debate in the christian realm is was constantine just using christianity to further his political aims or was he so engrossed with christianity that he he just had to start shaping the the empire through christianity and i think it's kind of a give and take it's kind of a balance of a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And so Easter, the The word Easter comes from an Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring and fertility. That's where bunny rabbits, Easter eggs, spring, all of that stuff comes from this. And so the idea of renewal tends to get mixed into the whole resurrection thing because of renewal, right?
1: Which has a lot to do with spring and new beginnings exactly. and blah, blah, blah. It's all that weird stuff.
0: Yep. So, So that's why there's a lot of Christians who reject the pagan symbolisms and traditions. um, And then there's a lot of non-believers who choose only to follow Easter eggs and and bunny rabbits. Right. (laughs) So um, resurrection Sunday, also Easter, it's a holiday that marks the celebration of the resurrection of Christ. So just basic gospel idea. We can't die for our own sins. We can, but we're done. We're toast, right? The wages of sin is death one sin equals one death, right? Christ was perfect on earth in order to become a sacrifice for us to take on our sin so that we could have everlasting life. That's right. The resurrection was the proof of that whole process. That's right. It was to show everybody done, redeemed, paid, redeemed, right? Yeah, if he... we
1: never resurrected, Right. We complicate the resurrection. We think it's just this, you know, it's it's all about the spectacle. No, it was really to prove that he intercedes for us, that when when the Bible says that he intercedes for for his elect, what he's saying there is I'm standing on their behalf saying that they're righteous. So he is the proof that we are redeemed by his blood. He is the proof that we are not perfect in the sight of God. He's the proof that he stands and interposes his will, his self before me, that he now stands in the gap for me. That's the that's the mediator that the Bible talks about. He's the mediator between us and God. So he's he's now he is the eternal priest. Right. He right. Yeah. He who knew no sin became sin, the Bible says, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin. Mm-hmm. became our nature, became that, right? So that we can become the righteousness of God through his power and his resurrection. Notice that the, but every time the Bible talks about resurrection, it never talks about the crucifixion because the resurrection became, the crucifixion was in the gospels. Yeah, The resurrection is then talked about after. Yeah, no, that's you know? a good point.
0: You know, the, the resurrection happens at the end of the gospels and is the starting point, the new day for the rest of the Bible, Bingo. right? Acts on, all the way on through. Dude, and, wow. And so... what a power absolutely and the resurrection so why we talked about western civilization and and the resurrection's importance to it so a lot of people say well christ's life was important christ the man was very important to western civilization agreed but i don't think that christ would have had this the foundational influence on western civilization if he had not resurrected there and this is why there's people try to bring up evidence. oh well he 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 actually didn't die. He just, you know, was in a coma or something and came out of the coma. Or, you know, the the body was stolen. And and those arguments happen. And yeah, we can get into all those arguments and the evidence for the resurrection. But let's just move on the path of okay, the resurrection happened. That proof and that seal yeah. then becomes foundational for Western civilization because Western civilization looks back to that moment and says, Oh, he was legit. Oh, yeah. Dude. Right? Exactly. Like, That's he was good. real.
1: That's good, dude. And so then, Western wow.
0: civilization actually moved out on that. You had twelve men who completely changed the world on the gospel of a man who resurrected, not just a man of God. So, Ooh, that's good, dude. <laughs> so, look so at you; it spreads on out, and it 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 establishes itself. And we were talking about when when we had talked about this idea. We were talking about okay, what influence has the resurrection had on Western civilization? Obviously we're big constitutional
1: guys. We're, we're America's
0: founding guys. Yeah.
1: Our debates really do range about Liberty because there's a lot of cool things happening uh, that we talk about a lot, but really what maintains man's Liberty, like what what, Liberty comes from God, right? Can man interpose himself on that? will No. And so we're really big on these debates of, of what keeps us free as, as not Americans, but as children of God, what keeps us free? See, even the, the heathen doesn't realize, or the person who doesn't believe in God does not realize his liberty comes from God, right? That, that that, even if you're an atheist, you'd want us to do this because your liberty comes from God. As long as you don't maim another person, Hey, your sin is your sin. Just like the prodigal son went out and sinned, right? There was no force against the prodigal son. The, the, The prodigal story is not even about that, but it's they can go out and do what they do. That's them. Be the light of Jesus Christ. And the more we try to force people into Christianity, that's why they hate Christianity. Christianity has gotten a bad name. I'm not saying that's always true in every case. I think people make excuses not to serve Jesus, but that's the truth. A lot of times we've just and I learned to grow up in a religious system. I learned to grow up from force. I learned to tell people when I first got saved, if you're not getting saved, you're going to hell. I mean, look, the bottom line is God is so perfect and awesome. We choose our destination. He's not sending me anywhere the fact that we reap what we sow because of our decisions sin unto death obedience to righteousness who's who's choosing the punishment who's yeah. choosing the, the 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 consequence you it's not god sending you anywhere you see what i'm saying it's all all it's all on us yeah if you if you don't choose the gift
0: all of a sudden you're the one who has to pay that payment for sin exactly you you have chosen that and that's that's why we as christians are so adamant about the gospel is like this is a free gift that has been offered to you and and let me tell you you can look at the obedience to the lord and say well that's too oppressive i will tell you firsthand account and every other person listening to this and in this room can can back me up on this sin is much more oppressive you'll get the pleasure at the beginning But sin hollows you out. Sin eats away at you. Come on, dude. Preach. Sin pushes you down. Preach, dude. Sin builds depression and sorrow within you. It builds negative within you. It builds so much that just ends up crushing you. The beauty is when you follow the Lord, obedience to him, it restores you. It grows you. It expands you. It's exponential in your life. I am so much better of a man. And I'm not just talking about good or bad. I'm talking about fulfillment of who I am as a man. I am so much better now than I was before I was born again in Christ. And that gift is not just eternal life. That gift is life abundant
1: on this earth. Dude. Right. Take it it further than that. So then the Bible says, freely you have received, freely Freely you give." give. Right. So I've received this atonement by Christ. He loved me enough to choose me. And there's this thing called adoption that you receive when you become a child of his and adoption is so unique in this fact that you have to choose the, 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 the child. So in other words, you're making a choice to take that child, the past, the present, the future he's coming into, he's, she, she's coming into my family and I get to now impart it. What's in me into that child, mm-hmm. right? That, I'm going to show love and grace and mercy and all these things on this child, right? Now think about that. He did that with you as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian, hear me out on this. He did that for you. So that love that you received, he chose you from on high, from the foundation of the world. He chose you before you were even formed. That's mine, right? So the purchase possession was you. That takes a huge amount of love. And then he says this, as my father sent me, so I send you jesus christ was a great evangelist man he was everything apostolic prophetic yeah, all that stuff all but his evangelism was huge and critical right he says my father sent me so i send you bible says greater this heat is in you than he that is in the world right so it goes beyond just being a redeemed child of god it goes i gotta go share this with the world now i gotta go tell people about this jesus that changed my life that there's something in you that's like i gotta i can't hold this in anymore right it's, it's transferable. The, power, the, the, the same uh, spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies, it says in Romans 8, right? That spirit dwells within you. Now you're a child of his. Now I can say I'm above the world now. I'm not of this world. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. And the works that I now do are now exemplified through the power of God, which is greater than what I could even do in the flesh. We try to do all these programs for people, guys, that don't work. You know, it's the church that has to restore the foundations of God. You yeah. know, and, Amen, and and so
0: let's let's talk about restoration. That's actually a great segue. So I wanted to pick out an event that kind of signified the the restoring, resurrecting power of Christ. Not just Him resurrected, but the power that He has to to bring people back to life again. And what better event than the Great Awakening? Okay, so during the 1600s, there was a, a an era called the enlightenment or the age of reason. And this was basically a movement to say, okay, we're going to get away from the metaphysical. We're going for the five senses. We're going for reason. We're going for scientific study. We're, we're going to put all of our, our weight on that. We're going to do away with the old myths, the old theories, the, the old, deeper truths um and I, I don't mean that offensively to those who who are more in the reason camp but it really was saying okay we're going to do away with all that old stuff and and we're going to just do right. with with reason right and so this this moved across europe and and really started influencing a lot of different things and of course it moved its way into america so it colored how people perceive the world okay it it did a lot of good things it furthered the idea of liberty It, it put a lot more focus in, okay, the scientific rigors and study and evidence and exploring the world. Um, it, it had some good things. It also centered on pursuit of happiness, sovereignty, uh, the senses, that kind of thing. But what it did was it dulled the spiritual senses, especially in America. And so it, it started to create a, create a, a division, and and started to create this wedge in America where people all of a sudden were saying okay well you know maybe maybe the enlightenment and those philosophers and those scientists you know maybe they they're onto something and the the spiritual foundations of America started to get dulled and and weighed down so there was a refocusing of priorities in America so then enter the Great Awakening. And this is something that I love that the Lord does, is when something decays or eats out or dies, the Lord brings up a new shoot. That's right. And that's kind of been my argument about the idea of the Reformation. And then people ask, well, why are there denominations? And, and what I've seen in my research is a lot of times what happens is a denomination or let's, let's go to the Reformation. So the Reformation was originally just to heal some things that were in the church. The Catholic Church. Luther wasn't meaning to make a split. He was just posting up, hey, let's change these things that I think the church has gotten off about. Well, the Catholic Church said, we're not going to listen to you. you. You're being a heretic by even coming against us with these complaints. I know. Yeah. Right? So what the Catholic Church basically said was, we're not willing to be corrected. <laughs> and so Luther started this movement of separation saying, okay, if you're not going to be willing to correct, we're going to resurrect following the Lord. And when you see a denomination split off, a lot of times what you see is you see a decay eating out of the denomination and a new sprout starts up. And so what you find is a lot of times God will resurrect new birth out of something that's dying. And the great awakening is a perfect example of that. So and interject whenever you want No, to, go Matt. for it. Just keep going. Um, between there's, there's about a lot, there's a lot in this, though. So. Between about 1720 to 1740, you had the Great Awakening, which came through the colonies. Okay. This marked the emergence of evangelicalism. That's that's where evangelicals really kind of started their their weight of Christianity. So you had guys such as George Whitefield, Gilbert Tennant, James Davenport, Jonathan Edwards, John and Charles Wesley, who were in England. They encouraged people to separate from the enlightenment and start to commit to God. So in the twenties and thirties, you had an evangelical party that took shape in the Presbyterian churches led by William Tennant. He actually established a seminary called the log college, where he trained nearly 20 Presbyterian revivalists for the ministry, even including his three sons. And so while pastoring a church in New Jersey, he became acquainted with Dutch reform minister, Theodorus Jacobus Frelinghuysen. (laughs)
1: How about Theo Fregging Theo? <laughs> I mean, it's like these names oh, are crazy, man, man. dude. So he was described as an
0: important herald, if not the father of the Great Awakening. So dude, you notice, on. you notice, Tenant became acquainted with this minister, who is considered the father of the Great Awakening, and so he obviously caught the fire. So Heisen was a pious. He believed in the necessity of personal conversion and living a holy life. He led revivals in the Raritan Valley, which were forerunners of the Great Awakening.
1: And and what, what was that preaching? It wasn't the Jesus gives you a better life, health, wealth, and, and he has a plan for your life. It was a holy God who has a law, and we have violated that law as sinners. And it's guys like Finney, which is very hard to read sometimes, but guys, this Jesus they preach, Christ crucified for sinners died, right, and resurrected for your redemption. And what it was was resurrecting the conscience again. These guys preached very heavy on the conscience that you have violated the conscience before God. You have separated yourself between you and your God. This is about you. This isn't about what God can do for you. What Jesus did for you was because it was a mandate from God to, 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 to get rid of the sin of the, of the world. So in other words, he put all the sin on Christ, right? But the, the, the gospel they preached was not something easy and, no. and, and, and simple. It was, dude, this redemption costs, like people, my dad used to say this to me all the time, and I never understood it until now. Think about this. He said, salvation is a free gift, but it costs God his son. Salvation isn't free. It costs Jesus Christ. Now he did it willfully. He despised the shame. He did all those things, right? But the gospel they were preaching was a God that is holy. And we have violated those laws. Now, there's more to Christ than that. He's love, he's just, he's truth, he's holy, he's love, he's all that stuff. He's, he's, he's kind, he's 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 benevolent, he's everlasting. He's a provider. He is provider, I should say. Mm -hmm. You know, he's healer, he's all those things. But the conscience must be awakened to know, hey. We can't just let the world degenerate. Like they said, in the fourth century, yeah. the church became a little worldly and the world became a little churchy. That's what's been happening. We can't do that anymore. The gospel that we are preaching now is Christ crucified and his resurrection changes you to be a child of his. In other words, he said, greater work shall you do than I did because I go into the father. There's something that changes in you. He breathes on you the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. When baptism comes, it's your public renunciation of the world. I'm done with this thing, man. I'm going to live for the one who died for me. Gosh, there's power in that, man. Yeah. There's power in that. And that that's
0: exactly what happened to John Wesley. So John Wesley uh, made contact with the members of the Moravarian Church led by August Gottlieb Spangenberg, another guy with a great name. Wesley was impressed by their faith and piety, especially their belief that it was normal for a Christian to have assurance of faith. So he had actually become a missionary and left for to go to Georgia, the state, uh, to be a missionary there. And he makes contacts with these Moravarians. Well, guess what he said? So the failure of his mission and encounters with the Moravarians led him to question his own faith. He wrote in his journal, I, who went to America to convert others, was never myself converted to God. Ooh. <laughs> Dude. So he had, in 13, 1738, he attended a Moravarian meeting, where he felt spiritually transformed during a reading of Martin Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. He recounted that, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. He understood his Aldersgate experience to be an evangelical conversion, and it provided him with the assurance he had been seeking. Afterwards, he traveled to Herrenhut and met Zinzendorf in person, which Zinzendorf was another major player. Jeez, Notice these guys get put under elders who are major players, and then they move out to do amazing things.
1: Yeah. And that's what the elders should be doing. They're not just people who sit up at the top of churches doing nothing. These guys are the spiritual leaders of the day, right? And so when you're going to a guy like Zinzendorf, when you're going to guys uh, like uh, Friedlinghausen, these guys, they were the spiritual Elders that yeah. they were like, man, there was something powerful about these guys. I'm gonna go learn from them. Paul did it yeah. for what 13 years. He went and put himself up under the disciples, under the apostles' teaching, under the elders' teaching, because that's what elders were for. Today, elders are just people who you know they're make they're a the, church. Decision, they're the older yeah. people yeah. of the church. <laughs> no, dude, you're the spiritual leaders of the church. Do you see how backwards we've become in a lot of ways? That the elder is not just someone who just prays, someone who's just a good man who fills a spot the elder was a spiritual authority in the church and in the community Yeah, that I can go sit under that and feed from that tree because of what you've seen in your life, sir, ma'am, that I can go sit under that and say, you know what? Teach me. I need to know what, you know, what, what did you learn? What did you see? How did Christ speak? You know, what am I doing wrong? That's the job of that's the duty of the elder. That's so good. And you see these guys sitting under that's that's submission, that's order. That's perfect. I'm not saying they were perfect in what they did all the time, because guys, we can all point fingers at each other and say, "Man, I wouldn't have preached it like that. I wouldn't have said that." I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna do a quote uh, from, from from Finney, right? One yeah. of the guys resp- that, that was the spawn of the Great Awakening. The second Great Awakening was really Finney. and yeah. he said, "Brethren, our preaching will bear its legitimate fruits. If immorality prevails in the land, the fault is ours to a great degree." You know what the sermon of his conscience or his the, the sermon title was that he's preaching from here? The Decay of Conscience. And he was talking about, we have removed ourselves from preaching the the holy God. And we've now talked about this Jesus that is popular, that he can conform to anyone and everything, that he can just relate to people. Christ is relatable. He can see you where you're at in your sin. He could relate to a prostitute. He could relate to the Pharisee. He could relate to the tax collector. He could relate to the guy at the inn. He could relate to Mary, Joseph. He could relate to anybody, right? But his standard never changed, and we're yeah. trying to remove the standard of Christ, right, and who he was in holiness. He said if there's a decay of conscience, the pulpit's responsible for it. If the public p- press lacks moral discernment, the pulpit is responsible for it. He said if the church is degenerate and worldly, you can't say it's not true. The pulpit's responsible for it, and it's me. I'm a, You're a part yeah. of the clergy, dude. You and I both wear the cloth.
0: Yeah,
1: That's a heavy we're responsibility. We are, dude. What we preach to people can— change them in the wrong or promote them to the right. Right. It can promote them on the ways to Christ. And I'm not talking politically here because to me, the right and the left are the same in a lot of ways, but what we preach, it'll bear its legitimate fruits. Listen to this. If the world loses interest in Christianity, the pulpit's responsible for it. If Satan rules in the halls of our legislation, listen to that. The pulpit's responsible for it. If our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of our government are ready to fall away. If our politics become so corrupt the very foundations of our government, what is the foundations of our government? The the law of God, that the laws of nature and nature's God, that rights are an error from God, that man cannot take them. That is literally the foundation of our Constitution. Mm-hmm. The foundation of the Articles of Confederation, the foundation of the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, the foundation of, of the Magna Carta, the foundation of, of, of the Mayflower Compact, Right? These foundations where God is at the bottom and at the top of this and that our structure, the way we believe now is government first, then God, when it's God, the people, then the constitution, that's what he created. That's the Republic. It's God, the people, then the constitution. The constitution wasn't meant to take away my rights. It was meant to make sure that our rights aren't taken away, that those in power could not take our rights away. And we've submitted ourselves in a lot of ways to a God that is external. And we say God's full of rules yet. Have you read the IRS tax code? Because we won't submit to God. That's why we submit to man. And it's easier to submit to man who we can see than a God we can't see. Yeah. It's easier. Oh, put on a mask. Sure. Whatever. We'll do it. You, you don't want me to go on an airplane without it. Just listen to these rules that they do. That's just one example. I'm not trying to get into a mass debate here. I don't care what you believe on that. But I'm saying this, that the moment they put fear in people's eyes, you saw the state of the church in this country.
0: Fear took us. And that's that's something that
1: a lot, not a lot,
0: but there was a group of Christians who recognized that, that the the situation of the pandemic really showed churches who they were and who they, they were following, who they were listening to. Now, if your church had conviction to close your doors because you felt the Lord was telling yes. you, close your doors. But there were a lot of churches who said, well, the government told us that we should close our doors. So, we're, you know, we're going to close our doors and we'll, we'll just follow along. We'll just
1: follow along because it's the right thing to do.
0: But if, if the Lord has told you to keep your doors open, it doesn't matter what the government tells you to do. You keep those doors open because that's what the Lord has convicted you to do. And that's the difference. Let's get into one last guy. So Whitefield. Okay. He... Under the influence of Charles Wesley, notice, influence, right? Elder over a guy. Read a German pious, August Hermann Frank, against the fear of man, and Scottish theologian Henry Scogel's The Life of God and the Soul of Man. Mm. Skogel wrote that many people mistakenly understood Christianity to be orthodox notions and opinions or external duties or rapturous heats and ecstatic devotion. Rather, Scogel wrote, true religion is a union of the soul with God. It is Christ formed within us. Whitefield wrote that, Though I had fasted, watched, and prayed, and received the sacrament long, yet I never knew what true religion was until he read Skogel. From that point on, Whitefield sought the new birth. After a period of spiritual struggle, he experienced conversion during Lent in 1735. In 1736, he began preaching in Bristol and London. His preaching attracted large crowds who were drawn to his simple message of the necessity of the new birth, as well as by his manner of delivery. Notice the new birth. Christ himself said, unless you are born of both water and spirit. Right? So born of spirit, love having it. that spiritual new birth. So his style was dramatic. His preaching appealed to his audience's emotions. At times he wept or impersonated Bible characters. By the time he left England for the colony of Georgia, he had become a celebrity. Now, that doesn't really matter, but this guy had an effect. This guy was spiritually converted. It wasn't just the the mental process of it all. It wasn't just the knowledge and the experience and and so therefore he could hammer down an argument that came against him. He was spiritually converted. Dude. And that that flavored everything in who he was and and how he saw things. Um what
1: time are we at? Uh, we've got 8.04. 8.04. <laughs> was, All right. Yeah, there's there's so much in we've this. we got so much here. We, guys, we but... do. And we'll just read a couple of quotes. We'll read. Yeah. Uh, just just pick one. I'll, I'll pick the Roger Sherman one down, down below. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll end it this way. We'll end it this way. That the, that Christ influenced our government in this way. That even John Adams said that our country was formed on the precepts of Christianity, which means the Old Testament, the Hebrew Republic, was what formed our nation's law making if you read William Blackstone it was about the law of god that anything that contradicts law of god cannot be law which i love that right but here's what uh, Roger Sherman wrote he said i believe that there's only one living and true god existing in three persons the father son and the holy ghost you can't tell me they didn't realize that it was god that the god of the bible they were talking about yeah. it's Roger Sherman right and the same sub, uh, substance equal to the uh, power and glory that the scriptures of the old and new testaments are a revelation from god and a complete rule to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy him Man. See, and this is why you, you you don't see Jesus a lot written in the founding documents. They wanted you to worship God. They didn't want to create a system or a, the assemblies of God is what rules our government. That's not what they wanted. They wanted you to worship God according to your conscience, how you saw fit. So there was Quakers who didn't want to get involved in the war, but then there was a, a sect that broke off called the Free Quakers. The Free Quakers believed the way the Quakers did. They were like, "It's my duty. I'm a citizen. I got to get involved." See what I'm saying? They worship God differently, but they worship God. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Henry said it cannot be
0: emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity and freedom of worship here. Gosh, dude.
1: Benjamin Rush said this. He forgave the crime of murder on his cross. And after his resurrection, he commanded his disciples to preach the gospel of forgiveness, first at Jerusalem, where he knew well his murder still resided. These striking facts are recorded for our imitation and seem seem intended to show that the Son of God died, not only to reconcile God to man, but reconcile men to each other. Samuel Adams said...
0: And as it is our duty to extend our wishes to the happiness of the great family of man, I conceive that we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world, that the rod of tyrants may be broken to pieces and the oppressed may be freed again. The wars may cease in all the earth and that the confusions that are and have been among nations may be overruled by promoting and speedily bringing on that holy and happy period when the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and all people everywhere willingly
1: bow to the scepter of him who is Prince of Peace. Samuel Adams. And I've got half that quote. I use half that quote, the bottom half of that quote a lot. Um, So listen, we could go on and on and on and how Christianity influence but what you see from benevolence why is it governments when it's expedient they quote christ to go open the borders to go feed the poor and all these other Mm -hmm. things what jesus said to but you don't want to serve him you just want to quote him when it's expedient to you to go print more money to put money in your pockets that's what government does right but that's how influential jesus's words are that because they know the majority of the people are christian they're going to say oh yeah jesus did say that now in their ignorance they'll say yeah go for it pass a law but this is how influential Christ was and is on the Western side of the world. Yeah. And now it's influencing all over the world. There's so many missionaries going out and doing what they're doing. And guys, it's literally the power of God. There are so many missionaries. Darlene Dibler, if you haven't not heard of her, look her up. She passed away. But her story is incredible, what God did through her. Now, why we're doing this is because Easter or I don't, I don't even like calling it Easter. It's not because of the holiday. It's just what we've done with that word. When in, in the, the, the day of resurrection is 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 not just jesus raising it's the effect that he had on the world The bible says that in not all the the books in the world could contain the miracles christ did and that 12 men turned the world upside down that right there that statement alone proves that we can do it too yeah. that the spirit of god is within us too that we have the authority and the power given to us to go change the world That it doesn't have to remain the same. That, hey, there's going to be some bad things happening to us and persecution, but we can do this. And this Michelle Sheeran lady, I'm just so honored that you're on here. You're just commenting like crazy. Thank you so much. Uh, She said, God gave us a boundary in the beginning. We need boundaries. Great job. Thank you for the podcast. She's just been commenting all over the place. You are so awesome. Thank you for joining us from South Carolina. But what we want to say to you guys is this. Jesus is not just a good man. Jesus wasn't just a guy who died for the sins of the world and resurrected. He died and resurrected to transform you and everything that you're going through that, the pain, the rejections, the, all this other stuff. It's just, it goes beyond that. Your sin separated you between you and your God and that he formed this whole world and, and, and all the cosmos, right? And when man sins, it separates us. That's exactly what happened. And Richard here, our producer said something to me last week that really hit me in the heart how much Jesus or God still loved his people that even after they sinned and were kicked out of the garden, he made clothes for him. Yeah. That's love that even still when they, when, when they spit in his face and they said, no, we're not, we're going to reject you. We're going to hear the voice of the world. He still made clothes for him. I, I still, it, I struggle to comprehend his love sometimes yeah. because it's so much deeper and wider than I even know that he would still shine on me, his countenance in his favor, though I'm me, you know, He's more than just this figment. He's transformative. He's power. He's love. He's justice. You, that, that the Black Lives Matter and all these other guys that are out there trying to fight justice, you realize if you submit to Jesus Christ, he will transform the world through his spirit and that real justice can be ensued. That racism is not racism. It's just hatred towards other men. And that we're sing. you're not seeing that the government has an influence on you, trying to single you out and try to put you and pin you against people. It's called tribalism and that they're destroying society doing that because the more you can keep people divided, the more you can conquer them. But here Jesus came to unite us all under his banner, under his salvation, under his covering, that when I submit to him, his blood redeemed me. And now I can go be a child of his. And you know what's so funny? He never changed my personality. I'm still goofy. I'm still messed up. I'm crazy, man. So are you, right? And and I I tell a lot
0: of my young adults that when, when you really follow with Christ and and you're changed by him, you become more of who you are. So a lot of people decide, I'm going to be a drone if I end up following God. I'm going to become one of those Christ drones. Usually what ends up happening is that's a bit of a covering people put over themselves. But when when you are following the Lord, He he builds your personality in a more pure way. So it's not that your personality is diminished. It's your personality comes through even more so, but in the way that you were properly created. So you get healing from stuff that twists you or, or turns you sideways so that your personality ends up turning or twisting. He heals that to help straighten it back out. And so that way you're, you're more accurate of yourself and you fulfill more potential of who you are. Amen. It's, it's, you become exponentially greater of who you are yeah. than you were before. Yeah, you you'll
1: step out in things you've never done before. Yeah. You'll, you'll begin to say things you never thought you would say. You'll be bold in areas you never thought you would be. You'll stand for truth and righteousness the way you never thought you could. You'll 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 not fear man. You'll fear him who's who's God. And it's not a fear in a in a, in a oh God like a weird uh, I I fear him and I'm afraid. It's a reverence to him where it's like you know what man can tell me that, but God tells me this, and I'm going to serve him because he's going to justify me. Daniel and the lions is a perfect example. So this was an extra long podcast, but it's because the the effect that Jesus had on this world that it it, it still today changes the world. Yeah. You can't get rid of him. No matter yeah. how much you try, no matter how much the Roman empire tried to squash him, no matter how many times people try to intimidate him or imitate him, I should say, no matter how many times they try to intimidate you and beat you down. There's still guys like Dietrich Bonhoeffer. That'll stand. There's still guys like Eric Metaxas that'll stand. There's still guys out there like the doctrine the lesser magistrates guy, forget his name. That'll stand. Uh, th- these guys are just powerful people, man. Powerful, powerful people you know, there's there's a guy named Cal who who stands out at the abortion clinics and, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's going out and preaching to these young women, him and his daughters. And, dude, they're just amazing witnesses for Christ, you know, like there's still ministries out there standing for on the behalf of God, willing to take the shots, yeah. willing to go do what they're called to do. There's still missionaries going out to countries that will destroy them and kill them for their faith. And what's our calling? You know what I mean? And, and I, I know I get redundant on this, but it's the truth if we're not prodding each other to do more than what Christ has called us to, then what are we doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, self-evident, all of this, you know, started with an idea and you were kind of with me in it a little bit at the beginning. And then you really came on. I remember when we started this, it was, um, I just want to go reach kids, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I was never taught this and let's, let's go do it. And I, I was telling Carrie about this. We started off with like three or four events in Ohio and, and, and I remember in January that it was like three or four events. I spoke to a couple of groups and I was like, man, what are we doing? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now I turn around, it's been five, five and a half, almost six years. Right. And now I turn around and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Lord, look what you've done. The places we've been to the places we preached at We preached at the Capitol steps, man yeah. of America. Right. We've been on so many like radio spots and schools, public schools, colleges, um, You know, now we have employees for crying out loud. You're coming on (laughs) full time here. Uh, Well, yes, full time. Uh, You know, we're just doing so much that uh, that I never thought would be possible. It just happened. And we had good people around us, but that's the favor of God in our lives. Mm. Now you get to go out and share what's on your heart about men and masculinity and why we're dropping the ball on this and how we need to change that. You know, now we have uh, people like Carrie Franklin, who's helping us uh, yeah. manage everything. Cause I suck at it. You know what I mean? And, and Richard now producing podcasts and Kristen yeah, who's doing helping us research do yeah, and- research and, and, you know, all this other stuff and guys look for it this, this fall, you know, we're, we're doing a whole constitution course. Um, because we're, we're telling it the way I need to be told it the simple way. Um, and you know, it's funny, people think that the constitution is hard to read yet. It was written for the average farmer. And we, we think it's too hard. It was, it was, yeah, written no, the, it, was. it was written for the average it farmer at the time. It you know says what I mean? a lot so, about our reading level these days. It, it true. And, and our apathy, right. Yeah. Our, that we don't want to research. And so this was extra long. I know.
0: And, and one thing that I want to say before we close is I just, you I've, end it. You end it. Uh, sure. That this whole podcast, I've been getting the sense that there was somebody watching or, or listening who has had a hardness towards the Lord. Um, not necessarily atheistic, but agnostic. And the fact that it's really hit me to say something at the end of it means that you've watched all the way through. Mm. And what I want to say is this was meant for you. Um, and this is something where if you call out to the Lord, he's going to answer. And that that's just hit me that if you call out and you, you actually humble that spot and open your heart for that moment to say, okay, Lord, where are you? Show me yourself. Well, he'll show you great mighty things. Yeah. Right. And so this is something where take that step because the more you go, the more that heart will close up and the more you'll kind of push it off to the side. This question has to be asked. This this is the most important choice of your life, of eternal life. If you're wrong and, and you walk away and you're wrong, that's eternal. If you walk away and you're right, nothing lost, but I'm going to put this forward to you. Take that chance. Call out to him because he's, he is much more powerful and much more real than you. You're willing to yeah, give him credit more for faithful. because you're scared of what he might actually do if he's real.
1: <laughs> right. And like I said, dude, he doesn't change. Like he created you different. Like. Dude, the way I preach on Sundays is way different than what Todd does. Way yeah. different than Todd does. We all have a different way. So right? are you, yeah. right? Like you're a different kind of guy. Like he doesn't change like that. He just cleans you and he cleanses you and your desires are different. And when your desires are different, it starts to think about other people. You want to talk about changing people for other people? That's Jesus. Yeah. And and so that's just
0: that was on my heart that I, hey man, I had to press I out there. That. There was, that was good. there's somebody that a wrap it up, I just we got we got yeah. new shirts, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, so, so don't forget to check out our new stuff as Massey has just pointed
1: out. Yeah, I, I we, don't even know where my shirt we, is.
0: We've got the socialism shirt, socialism socialism. so uh, hey, let's show this shirt.
1: I would wear mine, um, except I would look like a giant green bag. <laughs> um, so check that out. Look at that, it's it's socialism steals, shirt. kills, and destroys. Now, we got some new shirts out too coming, yep, uh, that are really exciting. We got some different things that you'll be seeing more of, but you guys can get one of those shirts, support your boys. Uh, support this ministry and sure. the girls. It's not just the boys, right? Uh, I'm hoping to see other you know, people, like, especially carrying them stand up and do what they're doing because I'm excited to see what God's doing. Yeah. Guys, we're changing the world little by little. We're changing souls little by little. Now we have to disciple them. Now that they come through the doors and get saved, we need to disciple them. So, so do not forget to check us out on all the social media platforms. I'm
0: not even going to go through it. You can find us. You know where we're at, right? right. Mm-hmm. We love you guys so much. We're so thankful that you tuned in. Be sure to tune in next week. It won't be me. Will you be around? It will be me. All right. It'll be Massey and Carrie. Carrie's coming on. So there you go. All right. So next Sunday, 7 p.m. Look for us. Do not forget. This is Vladimir and Boris with Self Evident Podcast. Podcast. Hail Whitmer, comrade Whitmer. Don't tread (laughs) on her.